Hey guys, it's Maria and Liz. And we're 23 by the time you listen to this. Yes, we're definitely recording this not when we're 23 because the episode actually rolls out on our birthday. Which is exciting and we're enjoying the last few days of being 22. Yes. And basically our 22nd year was defined by the coronavirus. And it also was supposed to be, which I mean it still is, our golden year. We turned 22 on the 22nd, so hence the golden year. There we go, golden year, golden day. But yeah, it's interesting because coronavirus did impact America predominantly. It was impacting other countries before March, but it came predominantly um, to the U.S. or was starting to get noticed by the U.S. in March. So our whole 22nd year was defined by that. Yes, and honestly, thinking back to when we turned 22, I literally bought this like hot pink dress (laughs) to wear on this golden birthday and it just sucks because honestly i can't i can't imagine wearing that dress it's it was still, kind of ridiculous it's still in the closet it's having worn it and you also bought an interesting set i did oh. well i remember getting it because i got like a two-piece yellow thing and i was like i'm gonna wear that but your hot pink one is a little hot pink golden birthday it's but you could definitely wear it maybe in the club. new year's i don't know it's kind of freaky but i literally just had a flashback to that dress i have not thought about that dress we in should, a really we should long try time. it on yeah and see if we still fit in it oh my gosh honestly who knows that quarantine way i don't know i don't know i don't know but anyway you guys so we are so excited that it's you know, another year of life for us. And we're going to be 23 when this episode rolls out. So we decided to dedicate this episode to us. us? Yeah, because <laughs> we're awesome. <laughs> this is episode's all about Maria and I. And specifically, what is the episode about, Maria? So just because, you know, playing on the fun theme, we're going to be discussing 23 things about us, things you may know about us, and a lot of things you probably don't know about us. We kind of thought it'd be fun that because this episode is coming out on our birthday, it's going to be all about us. Heck yeah. All about us. You know, I feel like it's totally fine to be selfish right now. All about us. Um, so we're really excited. We have outlined 23 random facts and they're funny. They're they're going to they're gonna relate on each other. We'll see how this goes. Yeah, it's going to be fun because I think you guys will get a better idea of who we really are. And a lot mm-hmm. of the facts do relate to the fact that we're twins, but also just quirky things that we were into. Yeah. There's a lot of quirky things in here. You're going to learn and realize you really didn't need to learn it. I mean, it's fun things and it's playful and there's nothing wrong with this entering now. You're not like your brain, but there's really funny, silly things that are are actually really important to us. There's a lot of Mm -hmm. random things we love. We don't exactly tell the internet, Yeah, but it's true. And it's defined who we really are. Yeah. So many things of which is going to be listed before you during these next 40 or so minutes are going to be very unique to us and very important to us. So we should get started. Heck yeah. Okay. So fact or factoid? What is this? I don't want to call like, it was a fact. Let's call them facts. That's easy. I don't say thing one. Yeah. (laughs) True. True. Thing 23. So let's say fact one. Fact number one. We might have alluded to this in a previous episode, but Liz and I actually don't know with conviction, nor does our family know with conviction that we are or are not identical twins. Yes. It's possible we're fraternal. It's possible we're semi-identical because I don't remember if this was mentioned before, but Maria and I did a pro- um, a project. We totally talked about this and how we learned about semi-identical twins and mom started thinking, whoa, maybe that's you. You guys are special. Maybe you're semi-identical. Like a really rare form of twin. 
that is like 75% identically and compatible. We, and we can probably totally find out if we're identical twins so easily. Even maybe looking at our blood type, if we have the same blood type. Because yeah. Anna's blood type is not the same as ours. Because yeah. your, your siblings may have different blood type than you. Yeah. But if we have the same blood type, it's it possible aid to the fact they're identical. Because identical twins have to have the same blood type. But honestly, fraternal twins might also, coincidentally, also have the okay, same so blood type. Okay, so it may be inconclusive. It may be very inconclusive, but if we were to have different ones, it would really suggest we're fraternal. But let's be real, guys. We look just too alike. We look way too alike, but it's, it's very interesting because I think we are identical twins. Anna thinks we're fraternal. Our, our grandma our definitely, grandma thinks, definitely we're thinks we're identical. identical. I think everyone in our life things for identical i really just think it's anna mm-hmm. who's and, really special and honestly frankly it doesn't really matter i know i've asked our mom so much this question are we identical do you not know and she was like i just wanted to make sure you guys are alive so that's kind of why we say we don't know it's not on a twin's birth certificate it's funny i looked at my birth certificate and it asks you if it says whether one person's a twin and what order they were in so on my birth certificate it's gonna say i'm the second order twin but it does not say whether identical fraternal because that's really something that you can tell from an ultrasound early on. And honestly, I think through testing. Right. You don't get it through delivery. Yeah. So I think our, to our mom, she was like, oh, you guys came out at separate times. You guys were in two different sacks. But identical twins split pretty early on in gestation. So obviously we had separate sacks. Right. Anyway, away from biology, that's interesting. So we're going to go ahead and move into fact number two, because guys, there's 23. So we got to move through True, these. true. <laughs> okay, fact number two. So we are Russian descent. Our parents immigrated to the United States in the late 90s. We were born in America, but Russian was our first language. Mm-hmm. And it has really defined us Growing up, we are Russian. Yeah, it really is. And fact number three, we've been to Russia twice. Some people are surprised that we've even been more. Honestly, guys, it's freaking expensive. It's so expensive. But it's exciting. We went to Russia when we were basically 10 years old and 20 years old. So it was nice because I think we got a lot out of each experience. I can't even think of which trip was more foundational I to think, our like understanding of the Russian culture. I think it identity. was for me, it was definitely the second time around because mm-hmm. you were like more mature. The first time around, I feel like I just bought a stuffed animal and I was obsessed with it. I know. I was I just remember obsessed that hippo stuffed with animal. The, the hippo stuffed animal. And it was in every picture. And oh. But the second time, I mean, definitely we had a great foundation. You're right. Maybe it was mm-hmm. more foundational. But the second time was so meaningful. Mm-hmm. It, it was amazing. Yeah. Very, very true. And fact number four is also tying into Russia because Russia is just such a fundamental part of who we are. And something that's interesting is that Russians are very superstitious. If you know us well, you know that we have become very superstitious just based on our background. And one Russian superstition is that you cannot celebrate birthdays. Maybe it's holidays, Mm -hmm. but you should not celebrate birthdays early so this podcast episode i wouldn't count it a celebration but we are acknowledging that we're going to be 23 and playing on it so we're not we're not good russians right now it's a little superstitious exactly and it's kind of funny because i remember we were having this conversation last week how so many americans will celebrate like saint patty's early halloween early birthdays early but really in russian culture you do not celebrate early you if anything we would have like christmas parties with family friends after christmas like and basically think, new year's yeah and i think a lot of americans would have christmas parties like before or it's such an interesting thing right like our birthday is on a monday um which 
it's COVID, it's quarantine, you got to keep things safe and small. We're not really seeing our family and a few of our friends till that next weekend. Not this weekend, because it's too early, even though our, our birthday's closer to this weekend than next, but that's just how it is. And it's always been interesting mm -hmm. because growing up, um, sometimes we'd have to plan our birthday, for example, around spring break. In college, it would have been maybe more convenient to celebrate our birthday before because mm -hmm. spring break always came on our birthday. Mm -hmm. But we just couldn't. Nope. We wouldn't betray our culture like that. No, we really wouldn't. Okay, really. And fact. then another fun fact, I think we're on fact number five, five. Yes, is that our favorite probably single day of the year. Well, it's like, we can't, I can't say that. Because no, because Halloween. We love Halloween. Halloween is our favorite But probably day. a day that we almost like better than our birthday, honestly, is this day called Maslnitsa, which, which I might have not said it the best. But it's basically this Russian Orthodox holiday about butter. Basically, it's about butter and, and fattening yourself up basically before Lent, Lent, which leads into Easter. Typically, with Masnitsa, is you have all this buttery food the week before a Lent, whole week, guys, and, and then you you cut out so many food during the Lent period. We don't do the Lent period, so therefore, a Masnitsa usually is on one day of the year, but basically, it's really fun. We make blini, which is basically like a Russian crepe. pancakes. You like yeah. a Russian crepe, Russian pancake. Yeah. And it's really buttery and tastes really great with like eggs and butter. And our parents have it with caviar, but we don't eat caviar. Um, just, I yeah. But basically our, our favorite day is Maslinsa. And you might see like on our social medias, we will post like these random blini, which might look weird, but gosh, we love them it's so, so much. It's so good. Honestly, I, I look forward to that day every and, year. And it's really hard having it only one day. So we, I think we do it, we do it twice a year. Mm -hmm. I know that sometimes, like randomly during the summer or fall, we are like, "Why don't Why don't we just make them?" Yeah, let's make them. Why not? And they're, they're not so good. Too intense. It just takes a lot of rising and patience. But it does. It's so good, guys. It's so good. Um, and fact number six to kind of round out the whole Russian fact train that we're on, but still on that food train because we love food, is that. In the Russian culture, there's a lot of weird Russian foods. And it's very interesting having our friends and important people over and they're witnessing the food we have on the table and explain to them what goes into it. Mm -hmm. it's, it's always interesting to see their reactions. It definitely is. And there's some really weird Russian foods that Liz and I still haven't gone into, like this jellied fish which translates to herring under a fur coat. No, that's very different. Those are two different dishes. Oh, awkward. Well, I don't eat any of them. Yeah. Um, not into it. But there is this They're one. both very weird. It's it, no, um, um Zilimlo Riba oh, is jellied fish. Is jellied fish. And then um Shilotka Pochuba is basically is, is the herring under a fur coat. There which we go. is hilarious. But our favorite dish is a weird one. It involves basically, guys, brace yourself. Apples, salmon, cheese, mayonnaise, eggs. Onion. And onion. Layered. 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 It's like a casserole or almost like a cob salad. Well, a cob salad, but horizontally. Yes. Yeah, so like, yeah, you're right. Kind of like a layered cake. Yes, it's a layered <laughs> cake, but a salad. And it was actually a salad I really think I tried for the first time in high school because I was so thrown off that like mayo and apple and eggs and salmon and cheese was on <laughs> one thing, but Oh my gosh, it's so delicious. Like marriage of flavors, guys. It's so that's gotta incredible. be my favorite salad ever. Mimosa yes. is what it's called. Mimosa. And I really hate calling it a salad. <laughs> it's not a salad. It, it's not. It's like a casserole, but it's kind of like how you call egg salad potato salads. They we they weirdly get that word salad. So 
I guess that yeah. that's why it's called. But it's called what? Me, it's just called mimosa. It's not called salat mimosa. It's just called mimosa. But, but that makes me think: what is considered a salad? Like, what is the definition of a salad thrown together with some sort of vegetables? Because Maybe mimosa is not thrown thrown it's, together. I think it's not at all, a salad. and it's not. I don't. Heavy. I consider a slatavilia, which is another interesting potato salad of Russia. Of, of, from Russia, you can call that a salad because potato salads, whatever. But anyway, mimosa is amazing. It took us a while to like it. I even think it was late into high school. It was college when we started to love it. Yeah, it's only we've only loved it probably for like five, six years. I am upset that I didn't love it sooner. It's, but it's it's crazy because now when we have people coming over, they like it. When people try to actually like it, I think yeah. it's like the whole barrier to entry. Like you look at it and you're like, I'm not gonna jump. I'm not going to participate. Mm -hmm. But then when you jump, you love it. Well, especially because I think when, like, Liz, your boyfriend tried it, um, I don't think we said it was inside. I think it's because we would no, see grandma yeah. making it and we knew it was inside. I was like, I don't want salmon with cheese and apple. <laughs> well, but I, actually, to be fair, I told my boyfriend about that, that whatever, I don't want to call it a salad. I keep wanting to call it a salad. Like a casserole dish. It's called a dish. I remember telling him about that dish and well, he's just courageous. I also think there's, there's, there's a point in your life when you're actually willing to try things. We were young. We weren't, we were picky. Yeah. I think it wasn't until really late high school and college, we were more courageous. So that's a fun little fact is there are some weird Russian foods. And if you come to know us really well, come over, we'll share you can make your own judgment. Heck yes. Okay, so fact number seven. seven. Okay, guys. So something that kind of defined, it feels like, our personality growing up was that we were cheese obsessed. Yes. But I say that lightly because, quite honestly, we were obsessed with cheese in the sense that we would eat, like, a handful of cheddar cheese. We were never into those, like, blue cheese, smelly cheeses. No, still so, aren't. And we still aren't. So it's kind of sad. Like, growing up, I was like, oh, man, I, like, I love cheese. But honestly, it's like we like a subset of cheese. Yeah. But we used to love cheese. Like if I had to choose between cheese and chocolate or something growing up, I would always be like, oh, I need more cheese versus any other flavor. Right. I feel like now, I don't know which one I would say. I'm like obsessed with chocolate now. But I mean, I'd probably still pick cheese. Yeah. But it is funny. We are cheese obsessed. And I remember when we studied abroad after our first year, the first night we were in there, we were in France. I remember going to the restaurant and... It was a pizza restaurant, and the guy was like, well, what do you like? What kind of toppings do you like? And I just told him that I love cheese, and he brought me out. There are three cheese, whatever, pizza. Or four cheese. Four or cheese four is cheese. very common. Right, the four France. cheese pizza in France. Whatever. Oh, my gosh. I never tell anyone I like cheese anymore. Because in France, their delicacies are the smelly cheeses. So I remember in France, I did not buy cheese because I was so afraid. But now I learned that do not tell someone that you're cheese obsessed because we love specific cheeses. But that obsession really defined us. And fact number eight is that growing up slash... Until really as of recently, we were really obsessed with this chain called Sweet Tomatoes. And if you guys know Sweet Tomatoes, you maybe liked it too. Maybe you don't like it. Because it was definitely something we loved growing up. Mm -hmm. But now, as we started to age, we realized there wasn't much to it. But there was something to their mac and cheese and their cheeses. Oh, and their ranch dressing. It's basically like a salad bar buffet is what Sweet Tomatoes is. And I want to say it's familiar to a lot of people, but maybe not to everyone. But when I was mentioning the cheese factoid, I was just getting flashbacks of when I would go through the salad bar of Sweet Tomatoes. It was maybe 50% salad. 
and 50 percent cheese i literally did like and then 100 percent ranch yeah i got like yeah. mm-hmm. man it's kind of cringy thinking back to how much cheese and ranch would flood the salad not healthy but gosh i loved it so much and we would go to sweet tomatoes frequently because anna worked there and that was just i want to say that that fueled the cheese obsession too because there was yes. like cheese on the potatoes cheese on the mac and cheese cheese oh. on the salad there was cheese everywhere. it was like a cheese salad mm-hmm. yeah oh and the pizza and the cheese breads were oh my gosh we guys ate so much. it went out of business during covid and i felt like a part of my childhood died yeah it made me really sad that sweet tomatoes is no longer an establishment <sighs> don't bring it up rip anyway let's tomatoes. move on to fact number nine and fact number nine is also, uh, I don't want to use the word obsession because that's an intense word. And I do think that I want to reserve the word obsession Maybe to like cheese. Maybe deep admiration. We have a deep admiration towards boba or bubble tea. Yeah. Specifically you guys like milk teas with boba, not the boba itself. Yeah. We like the combination. Yeah. We really love boba tea or milk tea with boba. And... I don't really know why we want to say that as a fact. It's just important to us. Yeah, we really love it. We love it. And maybe this is just so you guys know, so that if you ever are in doubt or you're like, oh man, they're so sad today. Boba milk tea will always make us feel better. I remember at Georgia Tech, like really hard nights within walking distance of like 15, 20 minutes was this um, milk tea place called Sweet Hut. And I would text Liz and be like, I'm sad. Do you want milk tea? She was like, of course. <laughs> yeah. So and that I, was something that really bonded us. <laughs> I remember I was really upset one day and you brought me at the beginning of my staff meeting, oh, yeah. Boba and they're like cheese bun. Holy moly. I forgot Bar- about that. That was so nice. Yeah. I loved it. You needed that. Yes. It really helps us emotionally, which is why it's worthy of mention. It is worthy of mention. And it's funny because we tried Boba for the first time, I think, our sophomore, junior year of high school in New York. Oh, true. Anna gave it to us and we spit it out. Yeah, <laughs> we, we didn't spit it out, but I think I it was sure a difficult took one sip and I was like, ew. I also think maybe it was the flavor. Maybe just, yeah. I think with boba, if you're trying it for the first time, you're definitely going to ease into it because A, the boba can feel weird. And then depending on the base, it could be too intense or too sweet or not sweet enough. So that's why I love going to Sweet Hut because it's very sweet so it, you start out sweet because maybe you like it more because it's like a dessert but then slowly over time you then eat it less sweet because you start to really just enjoy the flavor drink it eat it that's kind of oh it's kind of confusing it's confusing because it's both a beverage and a snack i consider it a snack yeah yeah milk tea with boba does feel like a snack um and to round out our food discussion guys because we love food so liz and i have a shared favorite fruit consistently for the past few but years it's hard for me to say this is my favorite fruit because it's my favorite consistent fruit it doesn't yeah, let me down I, but I it's agree. not like if i'm in like a fruitopia it's the first fruit i'm gonna pick up and eat i'm probably True. gonna pick up like a fresh mango it's more like a consistent fruit we appreciate and oh gosh i know the suspense has been building yes. i haven't mentioned what that fruit what is fruit is it em it's a banana. Yes, we love bananas. We love banana. And specifically, we really love the combination of peanut butter and banana. Elizabeth's favorite like breakfast meal is yes. oatmeal with peanut butter and banana. And I was actually telling Liz this morning as we were eating our peanut favorite. butter banana oatmeal. Yes. Was, I was just laughing because Liz growing up really didn't like peanut butter. I, and now like an inversion. She truly. loves banana peanut butter oatmeal. And I think it's yeah. hilarious because peanut butter now. it's almost like a 180. It changed, but it's like you with coffee. True, Completely. true. I really and hated coffee. It, exactly. And you literally went zero to 100. And peanut butter was a slow thing for me because in college, 
when I needed a quick meal, I realized how peanut butter was great. Or I started putting peanut butters in my smoothies because mm-hmm. I wanted like filling smoothies. And I started to appreciate peanut butter more. It was more like putting it into things. But now if I once randomly, I don't know why, but once I just wasn't feeling great during work. So I went downstairs and I just got a spoon and had peanut butter. I would never oh, do that. Yeah, what the heck? but now you're a new person. <laughs> now I'm a new person. But this fact isn't about peanut butter, which you're really learning a lot about us through one fact. So it's really multiple facts, whatever. But with the whole banana thing, let's say banana boat, but that's a product. That's weird. But uh, bananas, Maria and I not only love bananas like in our oatmeal and just on its own as a snack, but we love baking with bananas mm-hmm. like kind of our signature recipe is banana bread which i'm sure half of you guys your signature recipe is banana bread i think my friend polly like her go-to thing is banana bread as well yeah it's a really but easy comfort food it's a really great like comfort dessert <laughs> i don't know about food yeah. um but we love making banana bread we don't really like banana laffy taffy yeah but we also recently loved banana pudding it's funny because the Mm -hmm. idea of banana pudding how there's kind of like wafer sitting in it i was like oh soggy so i don't think i tried banana pudding for i want to say like 20 years yeah 18 years i don't know but once i tried it and i was like what the heck what have i been missing all my life it's just pudding (laughs) it's delicious so good oh my gosh i'm just oh now i want it i know i think the first time you had it was senior year actually it was way later in our life of high college, school college, of college. college. No, I agree. I had it for the first time when I went over to Kara's family's cabin in North Carolina over Easter and her mom yeah. made a banana pudding and I tried it and I, wait, is that different than banana cream pie? No, no, banana pudding. Um, is there like, there's but aren't they kind of similar? I think they have similar ingredients, but they're built differently. Like wafers, yeah. But um, I remember having her mom's banana pudding and I mean, it was in, like a week awakening. A dessert awakening. It was a dessert awakening for you because I remember when you came back, you're like, Maria, have you tried this? And I was like, you know, no. I've been intimidated by the very soggy wafers. Old bananas and soggy wafers. But in reality, there's a reason for all that magic. Yeah. There is. Love bananas, guys. We love them. Okay, so fact number 11, which has nothing to do with food and is just a funny fact, is that Maria and I used to have the One Direction infection. Yeah, we were infected. We saw them twice live. I remember they were such a big sensation that you'd have to buy concert tickets a a year year in (laughs) advance. So I specifically remember when the third U.S. tour was rolling around, I think they were releasing tickets on the morning of like Good Morning America. They were like on Good Morning America. No, I remember, so we've been to two One Direction concerts. I remember at the second concert, they're like, we're coming back next year, buy tickets tomorrow. And we're like, oh wow. Let's yeah. go get tickets. So we, so we immediately bought tickets. So basically, yeah, it was every like, year. We maybe. liked it for years, and it was always years in advance. It, it was, was like really sixth funny. grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. Yeah, and it's funny. We actually didn't end up going to the third concert because, in the course of the year of having the tickets, we kind of fell out of love, and our music um, taste completely shifted. But before it shifted, we were really obsessed with One Direction. We had like a shrine. We yes. collected One Direction like memorabilia, like any store that had board a One games. Direction board game. A it was One a Direction go-to figurine. gift for like two years. Yeah, we were truly obsessed. So it is funny that over the course of one year, we went from like being obsessed with this band to being almost repulsed don't, by yeah, our don't collection. Touch it. Yeah, yeah, because I actually I said six, seven, eight. I actually think it was seven, eight, nine because I remember we got our tickets for during eighth grade. And I remember our shit, we completely shifted in high school and mm-hmm. we didn't want to touch it. So, yeah, but we were once infected. Um, 
you know, boy bands. It happens. It really happens. And I mean, it was a very important part of our life. And now they all have solar careers. Like, if you guys don't know what One Direction is, are you under a rock? Anyway, like it used to comprise of like Harry Styles and Zayn, all those big artists. Yeah. They're huge now. Yeah. I like, mean, I'm happy for them. I'm really happy. And I think, I think all of them have solar careers. Every yeah, single I one. I think so too. Every single one. Don't really follow them anymore. Really? Our music taste shifted so much. It literally went from One Direction to Death Cab for Cutie. Yeah. Very and different. We, we still love Death Cab for Cutie. And it's been like 10 years. Right? Yeah. Which is cray cray. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like nine years, 10 years. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Anyway, and speaking of young teen obsessions, obsessions I really hate using the word obsessions, but truly when you're a teen or like a preteen, like a tween, are that what's a tween? I don't know. I actually don't know. Like a teenager? That early what, what? teen years slash preteen years, I think it's really common that that age group like latches on to like a celebrity or something and they're obsessed. So yes, we were One Direction obsessed, but then we also were really, really into like vampires Fact number third, 12, we were really, really into, what's that one thing? Twilight. Twilight. We were so into Twilight. And then we were also extremely into this TV show called The Vampire Diaries. And then also a TV show called Teen Wolf. Actually, one of the main characters, Damon Salvador. Damon. Damon Salvador. I heard David. I know. Ooh. Um, <laughs> from Vampire Diaries, we actually met him along with our BFF. And we visited Mystic Falls, which is a part of Georgia, Covington, Georgia, where the set of Vampire Diaries was now. People still go today. Yeah, people still, yeah, are. And I think we kind of fell out of love with that show. Like, I definitely never finished that show. But there was a period of time where, gosh, I, I loved the characters. I loved the show. So, so into it. It's just it's crazy. There's a picture of us hugging Ian Summer Holder. It's still in in our room, like it's framed still. Yeah. Because and he's honestly like a really great philanthropic man. I I admire him so much. So I honestly am super glad we met him because he's incredible. But yeah, I think that's kind of a funny fact. Is man, we were obsessed with cheese. We were obsessed with One Direction. We were obsessed with vampires. That I mean, that just defined our adolescence. Yeah, it was it was truly so important. And if you cringe back to middle school, a lot of times we cringe about middle school is how we kind of looked, you know, but also what we were so into. What we were into because it, it's night and day sometimes. I mean, I also think that you, maybe you're more excited when you're a kid. You're more optimistic. You know, as life goes on, you become more realistic. So, yeah, we idolized a lot of these people and we were very much obsessed. But that was a different time. And if you still like the Vampire Diaries, Teen whatever, that's awesome. But it's just funny how much we like. We never even finished either of the series. Yeah, we kind of gave up on We gave, gave up, up on direction. We gave up on everything. Everything. We just, sorry, we just gave up. We gave up on that. We gave up on gymnastics when we were a kid. But at least we're not giving up now. You're going to med school. Don't give up on that. Yeah, knocking on wood right now. Okay, so pivoting from the obsessions, even though a lot of the things that we are going to talk about we really, really like, but I don't like using the word obsession. Fact number 13 is that Maria and I, even though we still are, but we were very crafty growing up and we were when we were young. And we had some crazy projects that we worked on in about, it was middle school. Yeah, middle school. I, I remember that a lot of the gifts we would give, like our older sister, our parents and everything was always like handmade out of like felt pipe cleaners, etc. I remember we would make ornaments as gifts all the time. Yes. We made, we made oh Anna, like, an, uh, like a really funny 
elf ornament. We used so much cardboard. Yeah, we were really into cardboard and gluing stuff. I remember like jib jab where you like paste people's faces into like a character. I think that inspired some things. We would like to cut right. out faces out of photographs yeah. and paste it on this weird Or thing I think jib jab copied us. Sure, that could be it. Right. Or like face and hole. That's what it used to be called, mm-hmm. that website. Um, yeah. But we were really crafty. We did a lot of silly projects, but they were also great. Like Maria and I got some like off-branded Toms or something. You mm-hmm. know, those kind of slip-on shoes. And then we got fabric squares or fabric quarters, whatever, of different patterns and colors. And we got hot glue and we brought together both these materials and we pasted these really funky looking patterns on our shoes and for about a year we wore them but we particularly we wore them to where we worked Mm -hmm. because when we were 14 and 15 maria and i were counselors in training which is going to transition into our fact number 14 we worked at an art camp for five years and i remember we wore those shoes that we made Mm -hmm. into the art camp and it was kind of great that we worked in this art camp because it was this realm of expression i remember not feeling super comfortable wearing the shoes that we made to school but i felt completely embraced and super happy to wear it at the art camp Mm -hmm. yeah and we like to mention this art camp because it was really important and i think our growth during high school it was our first job we started off working in this camp as volunteers for two years a counselor in training and then when we were 16 we worked there for the next three years so we were there for five years five summers five summers defined by weeks and weeks and weeks of kids coming to camp and it was so much fun i think it really grew my interest in being with kids i think i'll be a pediatrician but i don't know but i think that was like a huge defining moment i mentioned in my med school apps as yeah. far as like my interest in just working with kids oh they're so cute we love them. And I think it was good to keep nurturing our artistic talents and stuff. I don't think I was ever super good at it, but I loved it no. doing it. And I think, Liz, you only grew from it. Yeah, no, I think we were excellent counselors, but the artsy part. But I also believe that in an art camp, a kid's art camp, you don't need to be the most artsy person. No. You know, because it's all about teaching kids. Well, A, it's occupying the kids with something fun. And you can create really fun things, even if maybe you don't have a like, the full knack at drawing but you could still teach those like lessons um because i remember you worked a lot in the mixed media studio which was really fun because it was what we loved to do growing up was like pasting different materials together and i that was your studio mostly i remember that was like your place primarily for a lot of time i was in the drawing and painting studio and i at that point was not a good drawer but i was working with an amazing drawer Many different amazing drawers, but one of which was Allie. Um, she was an incredible artist, and Allie Young is actually an artist to this day. And she has, um, she has, she's a freelancer and has her own business. So she's like booming, and it was really great to work as- alongside her because I think it grew my interest in art. But yeah, I think our creativity kind of we participated as camp counselors at an art camp because we were creative and we love people. Mm-hmm. And it was really great because we left that place still being creative and still loving people. Mm-hmm. And that definitely leads to fact number 15 is that three years of being undergraduate students at Georgia tech, we were basically RAs, resident sisters, assistants, uh, specifically her first year students. So it, at the time it was called peer leaders, PLs, but I think it's more commonly known as RAs. But I think our role in art camp of just being a leader and working with people that are slightly younger than you and mentoring them, I think that led to our really big interest in wind up PL. Exactly. And it was incredible because 
we grew so much from that experience. It's like you said, we grew from the art camp, from being peer leaders. That has been the most defining experience of my life. Mm-hmm. It's the experience that I I leverage and utilize when I, I when I was interviewing for a job or interviewing for mm-hmm. leadership roles or reflecting on my leadership development. It really came from and stemmed from yeah. being an RA and working in residence life because residence life is literally, I mean, it's in the title, resident life. You play an active role in their assimilation, growth, cultivation of their life in college. Mm -hmm. Like you are that guide almost. And I mean, your impact and role varied based on community or how much you like leaned into it. But Marie and I really leaned in and immersed ourselves in that role for three Mm -hmm. years. So lots of growth happened and it was incredible. We've definitely agreed that it's both, to each of us, it was the most formative experience at Georgia Tech. It was. Yeah. It was bigger than any job. It was the most defining experience. Mm-hmm. I would not go back and professionally become like a hall director or work in residence life professionally, but who knows? But truly, I loved it so much. Mm-hmm. I can't even describe why I liked it. I think it's obvious just if you talk to me like more about it and if you talk to my residents about it, why I liked it so much. Yeah. But I would never take back any of it. Yeah. And I was actually in the book I'm reading, it was just saying how a psychologist, it's 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 a known fact or known thought in psychology that humans get the most gratification when they help others. And I think that that role ha- included putting others first a lot. So we feel personally like gratified and happy through it. Something I do want to mention is that Liz and I were both PLs and stuff, peer leaders, but it actually was a decision we both made independently. It kind of just worked out that we both wanted it slash the idea of saving money on housing was not a bad idea. Nope. So I, yeah. So it's funny because we were never in the same community. I think we've alluded to the idea that we were PLs before in different episodes, but we never ever really worked together until our very last year when we chose to collaborate across communities, but it was to each of us, its own amazing experience. Exactly. And we grew, like I said, a lot from it. Now, Pivoting a bit. Fact number 16, kind of, I guess, about our growth. This is random. Just a fun random fact. Just a fun random fact. But in kindergarten, Marie and I were in the same class. Mm -hmm. We were quite rambunctious, talkative, and exclusive. Yes. And actually, after kindergarten, we weren't allowed to be in the same class anymore. Yes. We were not in the same classes until high school. Right? It's the exception of, like, band. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess so. It's really funny because I think I talked to my mom years, 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 years after when I had like a mature brain. And I remember she when said- When you had a mature brain. I mean, if it's said- true, right? Because at five years old, I could not understand why we had no classes anymore together. But I think she was saying how, well, you guys are just constantly talking and, entertain- and entertaining each other. That's distracting. And it's kind of hard to tell a five or six year old like, hey, stop like always talking to your like sister brother but it's because liz and i have been close for five years you can't just suddenly put us in a classroom and be like okay now equally talk to other people we were in a way i think we mentioned uh, before we were clicky yeah we were clicky we were almost like loners from other people because we didn't want to let other people in because we were so comfortable together so i think it's a funny thing is that we were like inseparable in kindergarten and then forcefully separated later i think we needed it (laughs) yeah for sure um well, that was interesting. And I remember in fifth grade was actually the first time we tried switching. And that is fact number 17, that a lot of people wonder, have we ever switched? You know, have we switched places? Well, we did in fifth grade for five minutes. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
we were actually in the same class in fifth grade. I said, I don't think we had the same class until high school. No, we were in the same fifth grade class, yeah. which is funny because it comes full circle. We started elementary school together and then we ended elementary school together. Yeah, I think we probably had more mature brains at that point. Yes, but finally. It's really funny, but Liz, honestly, I don't have a huge recollection of, of the switching. I remember I so just much. remember like we couldn't have a poker face. Why did it only last five minutes? Because <laughs> I couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle it because in fifth grade, it's not like we had like siloed desks, like everyone was apart and sitting alone. In fifth grade, we sat in four desks facing each other. So it was tables yeah. of four people. And you were with that four person table for the whole year. And I remember I sat with three guys and we were just clowning around the whole time. And I remember <laughs> watching across the room with the guys and I was like, this isn't going to last long. They're going to tell. And then I think, but I don't think they did tell. We really self-sabotaged We did. We did. And I really don't think after that point we had another switching. Yeah. I think we were just really embarrassed. We were like, we can't do this again. And then, But in college, if we switched places, it wouldn't really be that embarrassing. But we didn't do it. We set too high of a moral high ground. Yeah. We didn't want to switch places because that's fooling. That's fooling people. We yeah. There was definitely a period, I think, a period of time in um, freshman chem lab. I wanted to switch with Liz really quickly. Not for her to do the assignment for me, but for her to like wait for this experiment to go while I quickly did something else. But I think we chickened out. I really think I was planning on it. I was like, Liz, just take my place for five I minutes. I remember I was outside the lab yeah, door. She was ready. actively ready to switch. She had her lab coat on. But then I think I chickened out because I felt so bad. <laughs> Maybe it's good you didn't because, yeah, that could have been bad. Um, yeah, that has to be bad because with lab, there's a lot of protocol. I know. Mm-hmm. Problematic. Okay, well, okay, so fact number 18, guys, we're, we're getting to the final stretch. So 18, kind of funny. So our senior year of high school, Liz and I had every single class together. So yeah. funny. We kind of thought it, that it happened because we happened to pick exactly the same classes. So there was just really, like, the algorithm put us into this one sequence of classes. Right. Couldn't avoid it. We just couldn't avoid it because we both took, like, a specific college English class that I think only met, like, in one group. Well, it met, there, I think a lot of the classes we took, there's always two options. Like, college English was, mon- like, morning, afternoon. There's always a second physics class. Mm-hmm. But I think there was only one chem class. And maybe... W- it was a few AP bio classes, but basically I think based on like the algorithm, like you said, just a certain combination would have not worked. So we were bound to be in that placement. So yeah. we had the same schedule and that was, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. It was just fun. Yeah. No, it was fun. And quite honestly, a big part, part of our identity in high school was the fact that we were super close and we were like the twins. So honestly, us having every class together, it wasn't like something like, oh, I'm stuck with Liz. It was like you were part of my identity. Yeah. It was more like I think that experience made us realize, oh, man, we kind of want to branch out more. True. And I also think in those classes, I remember in AP Bio, we had assigned table groups. And our professor, our teacher, whatever, he specifically didn't put us in the same group. Mm-hmm. And then same with chemistry. And AP, and AP Calculus, we never sat together. Exactly. All those classes, we never, we never sat together in AP Calculus. No, because I remember specifically sitting in, like, the front. I feel like you sat in the back with Sophia or something. Or maybe not. I think a lot of classes in high school were assigned. Like, seats were assigned. Oftentimes in... You're right, because Professor Yang, he would switch the seating chart. Like, people have seating... Anyway, seating charts were a thing, and they definitely didn't want to put us next to each other. Yeah, we really didn't distract each other all that much. They probably heard from our kindergarten teacher that wouldn't be a good idea. No, no, no. But it is funny that we had the exact same schedule senior year, which is 
cray cray. Alrighty. Okay. So we're staying on the school school theme, kind yeah. of, kind of related, kind of not. But fact number nineteen actually was that. Okay, so Liz and I have had glasses basically since fourth grade. Yeah, we, we got were, we got glasses around the same time, and, they and we were, were like, so embarrassed by them. Yeah, because they were cheap Costco glasses, but also just not cute at all. And we would literally hold on our our glasses case every day and just put them on when we needed to see. Yeah, yeah, we didn't like wearing glasses, and we would kind of we eventually became reliant on the glasses. Probably in middle school, I forget where we had to wear them twenty four seven. No, we no, that wasn't until late high school. I feel like I did a constant like bring your glasses case to gla- class, and I would only put them onto the chalkboard um, until middle of. Maybe uh, high school. I honestly don't remember, but I think that actually makes sense because in middle we, school, I don't think we ever wore them to band concerts. Exactly, and when we went to football games in all of high school, I never wore glasses. I specifically oh. take them because we were embarrassed by them. That's a good point, but I do think we eventually became reliant in at some point in high school because I didn't really like my glasses at that point in high school. We upgraded glasses; they were like a thick black frame, but I didn't so particularly lucky. like them. I think that was back before really cute glasses were really affordable. So I didn't. And there's love, no such thing as Warby Parker. Yeah, I didn't love my glasses. So I just remember the point in which we decided to get contacts was actually it was in our junior year, and I thought, oh, mg, I cannot wear these thick black framed glasses to prom. Like truly, the reason why we switched to contacts for a period of about two years was because of prom. Yep. And the embarrassment I had of glasses. We honestly got contacts the week before prom. Yeah. That was the reason why we got contacts was prom. It, it so. really was. And then we eventually went back onto the glasses train. I think when I was introduced to Warby Parker brand glasses. That was very affordable, cute glasses. My freshman year of college. Because mm-hmm. Georgia Tech was near Warby Parker. So I think that was a huge shift in like confidence. Being like, oh yes, I will wear glasses because they're cute. Finally. And affordable. So I think that's kind of a fun, fun fact. Yeah, now we wear glasses like full time and we like them. I also think that subconsciously it could have been because glasses became trendy. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying, there was more bigger frame glasses and now people wearing bigger frame glasses and those compliment our faces more mm-hmm. etc but that played into it significantly i think um moving right along so fact number 20 we hit 20 this is so exciting fact number 20 is basically that maria and i are into working out which we have brought up in previous episodes but our interest in working out was a very gradual thing yeah we started out on the track team in eighth grade and we weren't good. We did track in eighth grade and then high school we dabbled and we went to the gym like in later high school mm-hmm. and then in college also dabbling in the gym. But it wasn't until our late junior year to senior year of college where we really got into going to the gym consistently. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until quarantine where we actually made working out a priority mm-hmm. that happens every day. Mm-hmm. And that's been kind of awesome. It definitely went from something that was incredibly inconsistent and in when it was convenient to being something consistent and, and part of our routine, prioritized. And honestly, it's incredible. Like it makes me feel slightly less guilty pigging out on cheese. It's at 10 p.m. Yep. But it also, I think, really contributes to just a better mental wellness, especially during this tough last year. Yeah, it has been a huge source of motivation and happiness. And also I just feel a lot happier knowing that I can lift things. That's been, like, pretty amazing. So, fact number number 21. Yes. 
it's been, well, it kind of definitely relates to fact number 20, but I think what really got us back into exercise was running was kind of the first thing we did. Liz kind of alluded to this, but weights was not something we really did until our senior year. And we think got more consistent with running when we had the goal to run in the Halloween 5K that Georgia Tech would have for free. Yeah, I think that was huge. Because there wasn't really a barrier barrier of entry. Because honestly, like looking at a race, I know that a lot of marathons, etc., have these registration fees because it's necessary for the race to happen. But also a huge part of it is maybe it, going to charity, philanthropic. Yeah. yeah, and it's an incredible, incredible thing. And now it's I see it as worthwhile. But years before, when I wanted motivation to run, I didn't really have any. So I think yeah. having these free five Ks that Georgia Tech would have was a huge motivator because also we loved Halloween. So the idea of running in a costume, heck yeah, we're on board. Yeah. So that was pretty important. We did three Halloween five Ks, and I think each one was more of a motivation, being like, oh, we should maybe run beforehand and kind of train so that it's not much of a shock. Because the first five K that we did, it was <laughs> difficult. Well. You ran in a onesie, so it was very difficult. But also interesting because some people may not have the same opinion, but Marie and I really like group running, like team running. That's also why we like working out together because there's a source of motivation. Maybe like with weight training, I also like doing it alone, but with running, it's so much better with someone else. And that's what we loved about collective running. Mm -hmm. And that leads into fact number 22 is that one of the best races, such the best race that Maria and I have done to date. One of the best experiences in general. Right. One of the best experiences we have ever had. And the most challenge, one of the most challenging experiences we've ever had was a race called the Savage Race, which is essentially a mud run like all those like tough mutter or Spartan races, Savage Race isn't that much more difficult. We did like the full race, which had seven miles of running broken up with 27, 30 obstacles or something. And these obstacles were extremely physically challenging. This is, I think it was that race that made me realize that I have nothing. It, I have very little muscle that it was something I wanted to build upon mm -hmm. because this race, this race was almost the goal of mine to complete again more successfully. Mm -hmm. It was really, really fun. We did it with a team. I think our name was called Buzz Yakets. We did it like yes. the two, me and Liz, our friend Nas and her boyfriend, Jose, and Liz's really good friend, Jacob, which you've heard many yeah, times on the podcast. Um, all five of us did it together and it was just so much more fun that we did it together. Like truly reflecting, like I think if Liz and I just did it together, it would be also really fun. But having a team, especially because Jacob and Jose really helped us out because I had no upper body strength at that oh time. Oh my gosh, yeah. I like to think that if I did it now, it'd be way more successful. And I'm definitely excited to be able to do it again. I think so too. And I'm really reflecting on how I think me and Jacob, and, and probably you and Jacob, but particularly me and Jacob's relationship, grew stronger after that because I relied on him so much yeah like true he would friendship. always go first he was just wonderful but yeah that that race was incredible really disgusting because I had mud like in my ears for days it was disgusting but it was so fun and we did it in October of 2019 and there's many races in 2020 that got sadly canceled and it's something I definitely want to make a goal of maybe 2022 to participate mm -hmm. in oh I would love to do it together again so much fun Alrighty, guys so 23rd last fact the the final one the final fact. the most incredible fact maybe not but maybe so so this fact is all about ziggy our beloved fat probably main coon cat ziggy he is ginormous we love ziggy we got him in 2007 when we were about 
nine years old and he was really skinny anna found him he had like half a tail well, he, he was, was obviously anna. homeless he found anna yeah true he found anna and now he's a really fat cat so huge 180 <laughs> huge improvement it's it's so incredible and he's so fun we love cats anna actually brought him to our house while our dad was away and our dad kind of came home to a cat and we literally didn't have a single animal we wanted up. a dog we so, so bad. badly wanted a dog and it's funny because our dad nicknames ziggy sabakin which means dog in russian so i think it's funny because ziggy's kind of a very dog-like cat and we love him so much sadly sometimes gets treated like a dog which maybe he likes it but he is an incredible member of our family that we love so much yes and 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 when liz says that he gets treated like a dog sadly she just means that dad gives like intense belly rubs that we're like oh my gosh dad oh, you're torturing him dad like slams on his like he like gives him really hard pets like 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 almost like good dog you know you maybe like do that on your dog's back ziggy's literally half the size of a dog you don't do that but i think he likes it because ziggy could definitely retaliate but he doesn't he just stays there and meows um and dad um ziggy definitely gravitates towards dad mm -hmm. so there is a relationship there of course a it's great nice it definitely added i want to say it added testosterone to the house i'm not sure if cats have testosterone do they? Oh my god, now I'm gonna Google that. I actually don't know. Because testosterone is what makes a male like that Y chromosome, but cats don't have that Y chromosome. They're not humans. Oh my gosh, now I'm confused. I don't know cat biology. I mean, I really don't, but you know, you better believe I'm gonna look it up right now. But he's honestly incredible. I was a dog person for a long time, and I think I still am a dog person. I don't want to discount that. But in this quarantine, seeing how delightful cats are, and my friends are getting cats. So many of my friends have cats now. Like leaving college, they got cats. That just happens, I guess, um, because it's a, I don't want to say they're an easy pet, but they're easier than dogs mm -hmm. to take care of and maybe have in your apartment and maybe to possibly leave alone for eight hours. You can't do that with a dog. They have to mm -hmm. pee. Yeah. Cats have litter boxes. Thank you. Um, so yes, our final fact is about Ziggy because he is an important member of our family and he's been instrumental because he has been in our lives for 13, 14 years mm -hmm. and you know, he's added a lot to it. Yeah, and he's, and for those that know us pretty well, like you've seen him on our social media a lot. So he is and you've met him. important. Yes, a lot like, of you guys have met him. Like Ziggy likes our friends. He particularly really likes my friend Kara. Yeah, that Kara, is interesting. He, he likes Kara. Um, yeah, it's, it's really cute. Um, and Ziggy's changed a lot. I just reflect on like, he now jumps into cars, but he used to be afraid of cars. Yeah, it's so funny. I wonder if we could take him to the event like without, well, we definitely would have to put him in a crate because when he gets there, he'd like, you know, he would not be yeah. happy, but he would willfully now go into the car. Yeah, I'm not sure if he's into motion stuff. It could be know. the motion that freaks yeah. him out. Well, anyway, those are our 23 facts to celebrate, kind of, our 23rd birthday. It's not our 23rd episode. That would be so funny if it was like our 23rd episode on our 23rd birthday. That would involve <laughs> so much planning that even we, I don't think, no, we do. No, that's too much. But we hope you learned a lot about us. And maybe it's maybe it's inspired you to try boba or a mud run, or, if or reflect on your weird middle school interests and obsessions. Exactly. We hope we did some of that for you, um, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Yes, and we love all the support that we've gotten through this podcast. We love making this and kind of doing it for each other, but also kind of sharing it with some people we really, really care about in this world. I think what makes 
every birthday incredible and also just like life worth living is the people that you do it with. So we're just really thankful for having each other, obviously. It is great celebrating a birthday together. I've never like actually True. been upset about, oh my gosh, I share a birthday with Liz. It's or, like, kind of great a birthday with because someone. you get more excited because mm-hmm. it's like how I get excited about other people's birthdays. So you're yeah. excited about your own and other people. Yeah, it's really fun and we love you guys. So we hope everyone has the best day. Yes, party on the 22nd because it's our birthday and it's yours too. Yeah, but if you happen to listen after the 22nd, don't worry. Russian culture permits and encourages late celebrations. Sure, so celebrate, you know, when you're listening, when you when you finish this podcast episode, go and get yourself ice cream. Yeah. Or anything you want. Yes. Cause that makes treat yourself. Make this an excuse to hey, treat yourself. Yes. Okay. Well, we love you all. And thank you so much for listening to twins, twins tonight. tonight.